Welcome to Slalom. This is Slalom on Air, a podcast series sharing how our core values inspire our work. Real voices, real stories, real impacts. Our goals are to dream bigger, move faster, and build better tomorrows. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Slalom on Air. My name is Mark Anderson, and I'm part of our global sales organization. I am really excited to share an upcoming story about our work with Swimming Australia. Let me set the stage. The Tokyo 2020 Olympics are right around the corner, and the Australian swim team, the athletes, the coaches, are all scrambling because a key piece of technology that they use to determine the best, most optimal way to run their relays has just broken. They put out a call to their partners at AWS and Slalom looking for help. This is where our colleague, Michelle O from Slalom's Build Organization in Australia, gets the phone call. Hi, Michelle. Great to have you on the episode. Thank you. Happy to be here. Michelle, the story about Swimming Australia came to my attention recently, and I had to reach out. I want to learn more. First of all, let's start with Swimming Australia. Tell us a little bit about the organization. Swimming Australia is the governing body for the elite swimmers for representing Australia, being the people that make the Olympic Games. Within Australia, swimming is one of the most high-profile sports, and they're very good at swimming on the global stage. So there's a lot of backing in terms of marketing and publicity, and there's a lot of fans that watch global meets. Okay, So Swimming Australia measures their own success based on what criteria? Their KPIs are how many gold medals that they win at the Olympic Games. (laughs) So that's it, just straight up gold medals, right? Yeah. So obviously other podium medals are good as well, but the main one would be how many gold medals can we hit? And that's their measure of success. So in terms of when we talk about North Stars and goals to drive a team, this one could not be clearer. As a result of the work that Slalom did, we did not only implement the new UI with all of the new features, but the application did work in production in time for the first heat. In the end, Australia ended up winning six gold medals, including gold and broke a world record. So in terms of team satisfaction and understanding customer outcomes, this was a huge win. Amazing. So I think you've set the scene beautifully for our listeners. It was the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, right? Just weeks away, you get the phone call. Let's bring to life the actual ask, right? The actual use case that the coaches and athletes were trying to solve. Yeah, for sure. So we got the call up about a month before the first race in the Olympics. People were already in Tokyo. There were people based in Brisbane and in Melbourne in Australia as well that I was liaising with. What ended up happening was that the swimming meet in terms of that sport in the Olympics is always first up in the Olympics. It has Mm. the biggest fan base and the biggest global watchers uh, across the world. An application that was previously built had broke. What this means is that the analysis in terms of data-driven decisions that would help coaches determine who could win at a relay race wasn't able to work anymore. 
the concept of what this relay application did was that when you put Australia against other countries, so for Mm -hmm. example, Australia versus US versus France, you're able to predict using machine learning and artificial intelligence, the order in which you should race the four swimmers. And from that determine based on what other countries put forward as their order, how we can put ourselves in the best position to win. Interesting. So I don't know a lot about swimming. I do understand this sort of the concept of the relay, but, you know, four swimmers, four laps, you know, isn't it sort of total time equals, you know, who wins and loses? You know, what are the sort of variables that drive the difference between winning and losing? For sure. It does come down to total time and there's so many more factors that go into total time. So what we talk about when we were thinking about the data-driven model and understanding how this impacts into a coach's behavior and understanding of their athlete, you could have one swimmer, let's call him John, John could be the fastest person in the world and break a world record, but say he has an injury from the day before from the heats. What we want to do is use this algorithm to say if we were to race John second instead of last, which is typically the fastest spot, would this give him enough resting period so that when we put him in into the finals, he can Mm -hmm. swim last? So a lot of other things go into the consideration of the race, things like physiological, psychological, If, for example, I'm John and I get stage fright going up against my arch nemesis from France, do I want to make that call in terms of anxiety and lead up to that in a heat or do I just want to put him under that sort of pressure in a final? You can make all of these decisions in the heats leading up to the final and this enables the coaches to make informed decisions or validate their thinking. Well, that's that's far more involved than I had thought. So this is arming the athletes and the coaches for near real-time, real-time type decision-making based on all these different factors? This sounds really complicated. Yeah, correct. So when we talk about near real time in other use cases, um, you know, for example, banks or other large enterprises, it is important to have near real time data. However, when I think about this use case, it's really exciting because if you don't have near real time data and it's even off by 0.1 of a millisecond, you could have lost the race. You either don't place a medal or you don't get gold. So the importance of the accuracy of data and how it feeds into the coach's hands so that they can make decisions by the poolside. They were literally using this app with the iPad in Tokyo, making decisions after every single heat and after every single training session so that we could be put in the best place to win gold at the end. All right. That's a, a great bridge of an entrepreneurial spirit uh, and you bringing you know, that new energy and that new client um, into the organization. Okay. So timeline's urgent. The Olympics are not moving, right? That starter gun is going off in three weeks, uh, no matter what. Tell us a little bit about the challenges the team faced or what we had to overcome to to work through this challenge. Normally, we have the benefit of time on our hands when we have a net new customer, which this was for Slalom at the time, and we go through a proper delivery life cycle at Slalom. It's known as the PEM methodology, so product engineering methodology. Mm-hmm. We normally go through a couple of weeks discovery phase where we properly understand the requirements, talk about how we want to recommend a build of a minimum viable product. So in this case, it would be to get the application working and then deliver it properly with quality baked into all the code. 
at this time, when we've got two weeks to do the whole thing, we did PEM condensed version and often stages were done concurrently. We were doing live iterative feedback on basically every code change so that they would test it in Tokyo as well and give us updates and we could jump in and go again and try again. Amazing. So, and I'd imagine you needed to design an interface for the coaches and athletes to use, something that was intuitive, but also something very nimble, something very agile for them to use almost poolside. What did that look like? So again, it had to be really easy to use. uh, And what we ended up doing was the ability to drag and drop names. So for example, my my name and your name, we could reorder us literally by dragging it on the iPad or your iPhone. And then that would rejig the data and refresh the data to show us what the end time would be. So it was that easy in terms of getting not only the Australian team, but the US, France, China, whoever it might be to reorder order their swimmers as well and see what the end outcome could be, whether or not Australia placed a medal or got gold. This work sounds really cool and really motivating to the team. Uh, I'm curious how the team, how your team uh, felt during the whole exercise, right? I mean, you were under the gun, uh, but the, and the work was hard and the outcome was really challenging. And maybe tell us about the kind of the quality of the work reflecting Yeah, back. for sure. I think I was super passionate about it because I love watching swimming. So I get really competitive as well. And I also want Australia to win all the gold medals in swimming just because that's what Australia always (laughs) aims for with the swimming meets, probably more so than a lot of the other Olympic sports. In terms of the passion and the drive and motivation of the team, I think Once we started having these war rooms with Tokyo and seeing live updates on them making decisions by the pool and we could literally watch a heat on TV and see that our decisions resulted in them going to the next phase, that was a win in itself. It was so satisfying to see that something that you've built is actually making change on a global stage. And that really got the team going together. We knew, you know, there was a literal finish line at the end and the swimming meets close out with all the relays. So it brings everyone together, everyone, including slalom, swimming, AWS, we knew what we were working towards and that really brought the team together. I'm curious, what do you think your biggest learning is from this project? I was super impressed and really proud of how quickly Salem was able to help swimming and understand the context and deliver something so tangible on a global stage within two weeks. That for me was something that I will be proud of, I think, for the rest of my career in terms of how much we help them. And I think in terms of other learnings would be that it doesn't really matter if you haven't done something before. So, for example, I would say engineers in my team had not worked with a sporting industry or a sporting company before. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you haven't done it before. As long as you go in and start trying and you have that constant iteration process with the customer, you will learn. And if you're curious and you keep learning, it will come together in the end. All right, Michelle, thank you for joining us today and congratulations to the, the entire Australian swim team and, uh, and the organization for their success in Tokyo 2020. And let's look forward to, to see how they do in the pool in 2024. Thanks, Mark. It was so nice to be here. 
Thanks for listening to Slalom on Air. Tune in to hear more by following us on your preferred podcast listening app. New stories will be coming regularly. And if you're interested in joining Slalom, check us out at slalom.com slash careers.